His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Hi, well, I'm so glad to be with you today and so excited to unpack the word that God has put on my heart. You know, that song, The Blessing, it is, it's so anointed and it really seems that God has appointed it to be an anthem for this moment in history. And I've been thinking about that word, the blessing. You know, there is so much blessing promised in scriptures. I've been studying Deuteronomy lately. I came across this amazing text. Listen to this. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your room will be blessed and the crops in your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs and your flocks, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They'll come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send blessing on your barns and on everything that you put your hands to. The Lord God will bless you in the land he's giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on oath if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him. Then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, the crops in your ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens and the storehouse of his bounty to reign in your land and season and to bless all the work of your hands. You'll lend to many nations, but borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you'll always be on the top and never at the bottom. I mean, did you get that? He's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. He's going to bless every aspect of your life. I believe with all my heart that there is so much more blessing for the people of God. And, and, and here's the crazy thing. I actually believe that we are to come out of this crisis, this COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, it's been challenging. Uh, yes, there's been loss. Yes, there's, there's been pain. There's been hardship. But I truly believe for, for Christians, for the family of God, that he intends to send us out of the season with more blessing. I, I know that's a crazy proposal, but uh, today I want to talk about why I think that is and how we can lay hold of it. Here's one of the main things I believe is we're doing this series called Thrive at Home. I, I, I truly believe that God wants us to have blessed families. Now, here's what I know about our church. I, I know that everyone wouldn't say they, they live in a family right now. You know, there's different ones that have uh, different uh, living situations. And, uh, but here is also what I know. Uh, the most recent uh, statistic in the United States is that 90% of people sometime in their life will be married so that they'll, they'll start their own family or they'll have their own family. Here's what I also know. Everyone comes from a family 
uh, of some sort, of, of some origin. And, and then let me tell you, when you come into the body of Christ, you're adopted into a large family. And so God's heart, his, his first institution that he created was the family unit. It's the place, like we said last week, to contain his presence and in the primary place for discipleship. So it's so important that we lay hold of the truths because a healthy society is built upon the foundation of healthy families. But so much of that is lacking. Here, here is what I was not expecting as this pandemic unfolded and as we were sent in California to begin with, but now really all over the United States and really all over the world into this shelter in place. I wasn't expecting these moments of incredible joy. That really two, two, two aspects of my life, and, and I'll be talking about these in the coming days. The, the first one is just these times of spending time with God, having more time in His presence, and, and just being touched with this crazy joy. But the second is these times when I've been around the table with my family, or we've been uh, doing some activity, and just looking around and going, oh my goodness, there is this joy of being together in it, but it's got to be a supernatural joy. And, and, and here's what I know. I, I, I know that, that many people would say, gosh, that hasn't been my experience, or it's actually been harder. And of course, my heart is compassionate. And I want to say, I'm, I'm so sorry. But, but don't tune me out and don't discount this message because God has something more for you. And I believe God is wanting to bring a revival a family, and that revival is going to release a gift of joy. You know, I'm a student of revival, and here's what I've noticed as I uh, as I think about revival. Uh, it's this: it's that revival has actually often eroded families. It's all about meetings. It's all about going to things, and so parents go one way, and children go one way. Can I just tell you? I truly believe that the next revival that this nation experiences is actually going to be contained in family and it's going to have us all be healthier. So how could that be? Like, how could we experience something like that? Well, I, I believe it's right through the scripture. And as I'm talking about blessing, many people read that and they get frustrated because they say, well, that's not what I'm experiencing. That's not what I'm encountering. God gives us this illustration in scripture over and over and over again of a shepherd and sheep. Sheep have one simple job. Uh, the shepherd has many. Uh, what does a shepherd do? Uh, a shepherd leads the sheep to the place to eat. A shepherd leads the sheep to clean water. Uh, a shepherd leads the sheep into a peaceful pasture to sleep. A shepherd protects, uh, a shepherd heals when the, the sheep are sick. The sheep just have one job, and that is to follow the shepherd's lead. Why do we not walk in the blessing that God has promised? Well, if you looked at Deuteronomy 28, the verse before I started reading, verse 2, it says, all of these blessings are going to come on you and accompany you if, if you obey the Lord your God. I, I think so much of the time we don't experience the blessing of God on our lives as individuals and as our lives as families because we we don't 
trust him. We don't trust that God actually has blessing intended. So I want to talk about how to have blessed families today. But today, if you'd say, well, maybe that doesn't pertain to me. I'm, I'm a single or, or uh, we're a couple or I'm just dating. No, no, no. Uh, let me tell you the building block for a family is individuals. And these practices that are in scripture, they're going to apply to everyone. And in fact, if you applied these to other institutions, say like a school or a workplace or uh, a social organization, they will end in blessing. Uh, but first of all, we all know families are in, pro in trouble in our nation, so we have to focus on rebuilding them. Here, here's what I think some people believe. I think some people believe, and, and maybe it's even because of their experience, they think, you know, that family over there, they just, they're just blessed. Uh, it's like a magical wand was waved over them and, and the blessing just came on them. And many people think, in, in my family, we're just destined to suffer and we're just destined to struggle and have a bummer situation. Can I, can I just tell you, uh, blessing doesn't just happen. Blessed families come from following the leadership of the shepherd. Maybe I'd say it this way. Blessed families have been trained. Watch this scripture. Let's unpack this, continuing on in the book of Deuteronomy. It says this in, in Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. 19. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk on the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. What I see in this scripture is the admonition to train our families. Like we're supposed to, to train them. And then it gives four different components or four different aspects of life if you really start looking into it. What are those aspects? It says when you're sitting, when you're walking along the road, when you're lying down, and when you're going out through the door frame or the gate. So those are four aspects that we have to be intentional with. Blessing comes from intentionality. And so I want to train you today on intentionally focusing our families on receiving the blessing of God. So let's start with that phrase. Talk about them when you sit at home. Uh, point number one, a healthy family sits together. A, a healthy family sits together. Uh, here I am at my dining room table. Studies have shown that the healthiest families are ones that actually sit around the dining room table and share meals together. You know, there's just something so comforting, so satisfying, so fulfilling about a dining room table. Like when I think of Thanksgiving or when I think of Christmas or when I think of holidays, I usually think about us sitting around the table and I get really excited about that. Why? Because you're, you're, share, you're making memories, you're, you're sharing, you're engaging. Now, what we know statistically is that that practice. It's, it's like a lost art in our nation of people actually sitting at families. Uh, this was crazy as I was studying this. 60 years ago, the average family meal lasted for 90 minutes. You know what it lasts now for? 12. 
unbelievable. And most families are saying that they hardly ever gather around the table, but but when surveyed, every family says they think they should more. Well, listen, here is a gift we have. I don't know how much longer we'll be in this shelter at home and this, this COVID pandemic, but right now we have a gift of sitting down at the, at the table. And, and as we sit at the table, what happens? Uh, at a table, when we're sharing a meal, that is really where you form healthy relationships. That's, that's really where we start to engage in conversation. Um, have you ever noticed that all people aren't easy to engage in conversation? Like some people it's annoying or it's way too much about them or it's anxious while other people are these wonderful conversationalists. Uh, what I know about humans is that that's not a gift that just comes out of someone. A healthy conversation is actually trained. And so let me just talk about the table is where we train in actually having healthy interactions as humans. Um, I often teach people that when you have a conversation with someone, it's often uh, like a tennis match. One person serves the ball and then you wait for the other person to hit it back. Where we actually need to be training our families or training our households to, to engage different ones and to ask a question to draw out and then to, to listen and to get in someone's world. And, and you know, uh, probably if your family is anything like mine or your household with your roommates is anything like mine, then there's some introverts and there's some extroverts and some person might cannibalize the whole conversation. And so you actually have to be practical and say, well, now let's hear from Hallie. Okay, now let's hear from Joshua. Asking questions is an art form, and I, I want to encourage you to get good at doing that. Don't miss time around a table to, to have conversations. But secondly, the, the table is not just a place to, to be together. You know, when we sit, we, we are practicing being, but it's also a, a, a place to teach. You know, a, a, a table in a home becomes like a, a wonderful warm classroom. You know, it's around the table that my family does their devotions. You know, I, I, I make sure and have my Bible, or I at least the wonderful thing is even when I forget it, I have my phone now and it has my Bible app. And what I wanna encourage you to do is as you gather around the table, it doesn't matter what meal, but you, you, you have some time where you open up the scripture. I don't do these long devotions. Yeah, I might preach to you for a long time as my church, but with my family, I know the attention span's super short. So I'll just read one or two verses and we'll talk about it. And then we go around the table and, I, and, and we each pray. You know, and when you start with little kids, it's like, Jesus, help this person. It's, it's not... It's not sensational, it's not unbelievable and magical, but we're learning to, to grow, we're training our families how to connect with the Lord. That's what we're, we're doing at the table. Don't miss this opportunity to be a healthy family by sitting together. Now, let me go to the next phrase. It says, and when you walk along the road, when you walk along the road, where sitting is, is being, walking is doing. A, a healthy family is intentional about what it does together. There, there's two 
main things that a, a healthy family should do together. One is it's training each of its members to serve. We're, we're currently not raising up a, a serving generation. We've actually raised up a very selfish generation where, where children think it's all about them. And, you know, this helicopter parenting, it's, it's made kids think that the world revolves around them. And that's just not working out that well. And so one of the things we need to do is teach our, our family members and teach our children to serve. When you don't do that, you cheat them out of an opportunity to become mature. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life. Uh, when we don't train our family members, let me, let me just tell you that to run a house is a lot of work. Like there's, there's cleaning, there's cooking, there's dishes, there's uh, change, there's problems where we're changing light bulbs and dusting. And, and, and you know what? It's just a lot easier to do it myself and to do it the way I want. But what I've realized is I'm, I'm raising up children and raising up a household. I did this also when, when I was living in community, when I was a single and I lived in numerous different situations with roommates. But what I realized is it's best not to just do it all myself because when I do that, I'm not helping train people to actually be others minded. Here's what a University of California professor, Robert Bela said in his book, The Habits of the Heart. He argued that Americans have lost their sense of duty in personal relationships. We've been victimized by pop psychologists that have made the quest for individual fulfillment the ultimate goal. In seeking self-actualization and the realization of their human potential potentialities, uh, Americans often set aside obligations to spouses, parents, and children. Uh, in summary, teach people to serve. Expect people to serve. For us, Saturdays are a big part of Saturdays are family work day, not the whole day, but part of, part of that is we just work on Saturdays. And what I'm doing is I'm raising up strong, other-minded people. Now, here's the next part that I love. If you know me, you know I love this. Um, the other thing we do in families is not to serve, but it's play together. One of my favorite stories in all the Bible is found in Luke 15. It's the story of the prodigal son. And the, the, my favorite verse in it is when the son comes back, the older son is coming out of the field. And remember, the younger son has come back and, and the father has met him and wrapped him up and loved him. And what does it say the older son experiences? It says he hears the sound of music and dancing. And he's all frustrated and he comes up and he says, what's going on? And the father says, we had to celebrate. We had to celebrate. Okay, so think about that. When Jesus talks about who the father is, he paints the picture of one who says, I have to celebrate. Do you know that a healthy family is one that plays together? It's not just an option. Playing together is so important. The word recreation means recreate. That, that's, that's from that Latin term. And without play, we get so wiped out and we get frustrated and life is a grind. I, I, I was experiencing that yesterday, actually. I had 
uh, Zoom call after Zoom call to do my work. And I was just getting absolutely fried. And Stephanie looked at me and she goes, Robert, do you want to just uh, go outside for a few minutes? And I said, oh yeah. And, and I grabbed my son's longboard skateboard and I just started bombing the hill, flying down it just for a few minutes. And I could just feel the anxiety lifting off of me and just a fresh wind in my sail. A healthy family plays together. Let me, let me tell you, it's, it's actually some work. It takes some planning to play t- together. I have teenagers now. I have my kids straddle from childhood to teenage now. And so sometimes people say, well, well my kids don't want to play or they don't want to do that. Can I tell you that for us and our family, it's not an option. Even if my kids don't want to do it, they're just set times where I say, this is what we're doing. Why? Because I know it's healthy. I kind of see it like mowing the lawn. It's sometimes it's really hard to get started. Like you've got to go out and pull out the lawnmower and you got to make sure it's prepared and filled up and and then you have to prime it. You know, you're pulling the cord and it takes some effort to, to get the engine going. And even it's work to keep that engine going. But then you turn around and look and something beautiful has happened. Like there's this beautiful space to enjoy. That's what play is like. It's not always easy. And it's not going to look the same for, for every family. But what I want to encourage you to do is find something that works for your family. And these are the times that your kids will remember and talk about for the rest of their lives. A healthy family plays together. And in case you think I just picked out one scripture from Luke 15, no, I mean, listen to this in Deuteronomy. We've been in Deuteronomy. Use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink, or anything you wish, then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. Like God's talking about Go and celebrate just so you can rejoice. I want to challenge you to look in Scripture how many times God tells His people to go and celebrate. So that comes to the next part of the Scripture where it says, When you lie down, a healthy family rests together. One of my dear friends, uh, he paid a lot of money to, to go to see a counselor, one of the best in America, to to help his marriage and his family. And one of the most profound things this counselor taught him that he he shared with me was this. He said, a healthy family does nothing together. What? (laughs) A healthy family does nothing? I didn't even get it at first. But what he meant was a healthy family is good at just resting. Like you don't always have to be accomplishing something. Listen to this. I, I, I love this in scripture. Exodus 34, 21, six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plow season and harvest, you must rest. He's saying even when things are the busiest, even when it's crunch time, you got to take some rest. You know, we see this in the heart of the Father in the book of Genesis. In creation, we, we talked about it last week that God creates and then he creates man on the sixth day. And what was the first day that man was on earth? Like his first day, you know, he was kind of going, God, what are we going to do today? Are we going to go pick some fruit? Are we going to go name some animals? And God says, no, on this first day, you're going to rest. Why? Because healthy life starts with rest. And we need to be good at just sitting on a couch with each other and just getting next to our kids and loving on them just when they're resting. You know, one of the powers of rest is that 
in rest, we're not accomplishing anything. And when we're just being, that's when we can have our identity spoken over us. Because our identity is not about what we accomplish. It's not about what we conquer or the victories that we take hold of. It's about being a child of God who's adored for who you are. And so until a family can just rest, people can't know their true identity. And let me add to to that, that in resting is where we need to speak the blessing. It says, when you lie down, every night when my kids go to lie down, I, I see that as a precious time. Every night that I'm home, I, I try to get into their rooms right when they've lied down and, and I put my hand on them. I, I lay hands on them. That's what they did in the Old Testament. It, it, I, I put my hand on their shoulder, I put my hand on their head and I speak a blessing over them. I, I, I talk about for John Mark, I say, you're gonna be a man like Barnabas in the New Testament who had a prophetic grace and, and who God used to bring people to know him. Joshua, you're named after Joshua in the Bible. You're strong and courageous. Don't be fearful for the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. For Hudson, I talk about Hudson. You're named after Hudson Taylor who, who was a mighty man who went into China and saw a, a great move of the Spirit. You see, I go through child after child and I speak blessing on them. Parents, our calling is to speak identity over people. And maybe you say, you know, my kids are already out of the house and I can't do that. Or I don't have kids right now. No, but we're all a part of the family of God. You can do that in your life group. Everyone needs someone calling them into their destiny. Everyone needs someone speaking life into them. Everyone needs a person who is, who is blessing them, not just when they're accomplishing something, but just when they're being. This has been a practice of the Jewish people for years of laying hands on the Sabbath, on Shabbat, on their children and speaking a blessing. I, I think God is calling us back to that as his people. You know, Moses spoke a blessing. Aaron spoke a, a blessing over the people. Now, let me just talk about one more aspect of blessing while we might have some more time in our homes. Find out what actually blesses your children. Uh, you know, these five languages of love, uh, time, words of affirma- affirmation, uh, gifts of service, uh, uh, gifts, uh, acts of service, touch. What I realize is that different ones of my family members receive blessing in different ways. And so I, I want to study them and get to know that. Here, I'm going to put a, uh, this test up that's on this website. It might be fun for you as a family to take this during this time and find out what blesses them and spend some of your time that you have in this remainder of shelter in place really trying to give each one of your family members blessing. Well, that brings us to the last phrase in this text that we're studying. It says, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This speaks about healthy family sends out. A healthy family sends out. You know, our families don't exist just to make us happy. It's not just the comfortable, warm, cozy place for us to, to, to be nourished and taken care of. God has actually called families to be a, a launching pad. Uh, a deployment center. And so what we do as parents and, and, and what you do in a spiritual family is we ask God, what is the prophetic destiny 
on these people around me and how can I empower them and, and send them out and, and, and help them? Well, one of the things I wanna do is, is connect my children with mentors that are better in the area that they're called to than, than I would be. And, and then I, I, I wanna encourage them in those ways. And, and one of the main things I can do is pray for them. I can intercede and ask God to, to get under them and help to, to launch them out. And, and you're called to do this. No matter what stage you're in, God has put people in your life, maybe younger people, people around you, that you're called to contend for, that you're called to launch out of where they are into the world to transform society. Well, when we see this, you know, some of us just go, oh man, th those are amazing aspects. And of course we should do that as a family, but man, I just feel like I'm barely keeping my head afloat. Let me say, you can do this. Listen to what scripture says, Deuteronomy 30. God says, now what I'm commanding you today, it's not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Maybe a summary would be like, this isn't just for spiritual Christians or the giants of the faith. Verse 12, it's not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you would ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart so that you may obey it. This is in the Old Testament where God's saying it's not too hard, but how much more in the New Testament when the living Lord, Jesus Christ, has entered into you and he's put his Holy Spirit to, to help us enter into his blessing. I, I want to finish today by just praying for you that God would empower you to just take a few of these practices. You'll not be able to get them all. This isn't a sprint. Raising a blessed family isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. And it's something, praise God, that we have every day to wake up and keep working on by his power, hearing his voice, following his leadership in his grace. So let me pray for you. Father, I truly believe that you want us to come out of this COVID-19 crisis more blessed, more aligned. I think you've been using it to prune us. I think you've been using, us to, using it to, to call us back to alignment with your heart. And Father, we ask for forgiveness where we haven't thought that you had our best in mind. You are a God so clearly from these scriptures that wants to bless us and bless us and bless us. So God, we ask for strength to obey. And we thank you for this great revelation that you are even better than we ever imagined. Amen. God bless you. We love you and can't wait to see you again soon.